Welcome to a haunted episode of No Player Connected. Today we are discussing the 2006 point-and-click horror game Scratches with our ghoulish guest, Caden Cactus. How are you doing today, Caden? <laughs> I'm at my most ghoulish right now. I'm ready. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Life's good. Definitely not hopelessly addicted to RimWorld. No, Thinking you're fine. About Thinking about the rim, you know how it is. <laughs> Always on that grind set. On that rim set. <laughs> yeah, can I say that? Does that mean something bad? Definitely yes. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're here for a different game, though. We're here for Scratches. Yeah! And, you know, I was living under a rock. I didn't know what Scratches was. And, you know, hypothetically, I'm sure the people listening to this episode are more well-read and connected than I am. They probably know what Scratches is, but if they didn't, Caden, can you can you tell the folks at home what, do I say what is Scratches? What are Scratches? <laughs> What's this game about? What's going on? <laughs> all right, all right. Scratches, it's from 2006, like you said, um, same year as Cars, the first film, so shout out. <laughs> it's a first person. Clearly inspired. <laughs> Inspired by cars, yes. <laughs> it's a first-person point-and-click horror adventure game developed by Nucleosis, which was a three-person studio from Buenos Aires, Argentina. The music really? and ambient sounds, yeah. It's actually the first, I think, like internationally commercial game produced by that country, which is cool. Damn. Fun fact. The music and ambient sounds are created by a one-person music project called Cellar of Rats, which is great. <laughs> that goes hard. It's so Holy good. <laughs> I don't think they do this type of work anymore, but I think this is their magnum opus, so it's fine. They could stop. We played the director's cut, which was released in 2007 so a year later and it has just like some updated graphics and like an alternate ending and some gameplay updates it's generally considered like the definitive way to play the game but you play as a michael Arthate, a horror novelist looking for inspiration for his next book. He has been sent by his real estate agent, Jerry Carter, to an abandoned Victorian mansion in Rothbury, Northumberland, which is called Blackwood Manor. So your goal in the game, theoretically, he's there to write his book, but he quickly <laughs> gets derailed when he discovers that the house has some sinister secrets and a dark backstory that he just has to investigate. Turns out the house may not be as abandoned as you thought. Dun, dun, dun. Theoretically, he's here to write a book. I am convinced if you put a gun to Michael's head and you were just like, write this fucking book right now, he'd be like, I have to investigate. <laughs> like, he just cannot bring himself to actually... What, he, he writes one page on his typewriter over yep. the course of the game, right? Yep, he writes one easy little page technically like one and a half um, but the second page that he writes is just like i can't think of what to write are people gonna believe this <laughs> ah, are people gonna like this ah whatever yeah and so any any like noise he hears or just when you first get to the manor like i thought i looked around enough and he was still like the thought of exploring makes me too excited to type. It's like, come on, dude, please type. I'm begging you to type. Even when yeah. he's done exploring, he's just like, well, guess I'm going to bed instead of doing anything else. 
Yeah, well, anything 6 but writing. <laughs> Gotta oh, go. man, getting pretty late. I can <laughs> almost not see the entire sun on the horizon. Yeah. Better turn in. I can't possibly write. Yeah, he's uh, he's handling a mystery in this manor. Is it a manor or a mansion? I because I think they say mansion, but this seems a little small in my opinion. I think it's officially called Blackwood Manor. Okay. I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I didn't know there was a difference between a manor and a mansion. To be honest, I'm not. I'm not going to get into all that. We, we'd be here all day. <laughs> but like, the the house is big, but like not mind-bogglingly big. But then the property has its own chapel, mausoleum, greenhouse. Yeah. A, a strangely shitty garage. Yeah, like, the garage we, sucks. Yeah, I don't know how this guy was managing his money, but <laughs> needs to get it together. Uh, he was doing some renovations, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> weird. We'll get um, into spoilers whenever. I mean, do you want to get into spoilers now? Because, like, on the surface, you are Michael, the author, trying to figure out why this manor is so creepy. And I feel like we can't really discuss too much along those lines without getting into spoilers i also don't know what you would consider spoiler territory because you go into this like okay it's a horror game i'm not gonna spend the entire game writing a book (laughs) (laughs) like you just spend three real life days typing although i'm completely new to this genre of point and click shit it took me 35 minutes to figure out how to use the key in my inventory to open the door so I was like, I'm, I clicked on the key, and I'm clicking on the door while I was still in the inventory menu. Uh, I didn't know you, had to ru- I, you have to, you have to like left click the item and then right click to close the inventory screen to keep the item out while you're still looking around. And so I guess in in game. Michael was just looking at the key in his pocket, putting it back, and then slamming his face into the door. I I, I did a full sweep of the surrounding perimeter because I thought maybe there was something I was missing. So I knew where the greenhouse was. I knew where the, um, I think it was the mausoleum. I knew where that was. Um, And then I finally got into the... uh, into the house but not everything is as it seems in the confines of blackwood manor no it's not it's spooky in there so yeah we'll get into spoilers uh pretty much immediately but before right before we do that i'm gonna say hey if you like point and click adventure games or even if you don't but you want to try or if you just like spooky games go play this game because it's really good. Um, it's technically abandonware because it's not available on Steam, even though it has a Steam page. But you can find it in other ways. I won't say what, but you, it's out there. It's floating around. Go play it. It rules. Yeah, I was thankful that it was mysteriously installed on my computer. Perhaps another mystery. Whoa, that whoa, whoa! Will, will or will not be solved. I yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't record this podcast. I need to figure out the mystery of Jam's haunted computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Emma. I have to lock myself in my room. I need to figure out this mystery. <laughs> yeah, go play it, and then and then you have to come back and uh, hear our thoughts. 
obviously. Also have a walkthrough next to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not one of those purists that's like, no, you have to go through the game and figure out all of the puzzles and are be a true fan. Like there are some people like that. The point-and-click uh, adventure community is, like, pretty chill because it's, it's pretty old. But there's some people that, like... I mean, even in modern gaming, there's people who are like, if you don't go through it blind the first time, you're not getting the true experience. That's how I feel with games like like Elden Ring or something. With this, I was like, there's no human way <laughs> I was going to solve the majority of these puzzles. I don't yeah. know if I'm just stupid or if the puzzles are hard. And we'll get into <laughs> that later. I told, I told Emma, I was like, if you played this game and were not allowed to have a walkthrough, I feel like it would take you literally years of yeah. searching and fiddling around with things. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you can't use the inventory. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I brute forced it eventually. And I was like, there's gotta be something. There's only so many buttons on this There's only mouse. two buttons I can possibly <laughs> <Yeah>. press. <laughs> All right, enough about that, though. Um, <laughs> why is the why is the manor spooky, Caden? What's weird about the manor? All right, so the manor was previously owned and and built um, by James T. Blackwood, just this rich guy who had a very strong interest in African. I wouldn't even call it an interest in African culture. He's interested in stealing things from Africa. He is British. Yeah. So <laughs> he's over there Dude. building bridges and stealing all their stuff and calling them inhuman creatures. So pretty cool. I think I had one an, a one episode streak of not bashing <laughs> British people in the UK. He falls into such a stereotype though he's yes. like wow oh, these savages in south africa and i i took their mask <laughs> yeah it's like come on man and he has his <laughs> own like private like exhibit in his manner yep. of all the stuff that he stole yeah it's pretty normal pretty cut and dry run in the mill for a rich british guy in 1960 yeah, I think he was over there in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, he was over there in the 1950s, and then he comes back at the beginning of the 1960s. And then this game takes place in 1976. So I think the house has been abandoned for like 13 years at this point, when you arrive as Michael. It's not just spooky because he's racist, although that's pretty spooky. <laughs> so he stole some um, some artifacts from Africa, and in particular this mask that was used by a tribe he was quote-unquote studying but really just like creeping on he became enamored with this mask that they were using for a ritual and he's like i just have to have it i i just have to i i don't care i will get it somehow he gets it and he brings it back and then uh, a bunch of tragedies begin to befall him and he's convinced that this mask is actually haunted and is containing like an evil god that this tribe had contained in a mask by doing these rituals. And he thinks that because the rituals have not been continuing, um, he is now cursed by this evil spirit. And that's why all shit is going down in his house. And then when yeah. you get there, you discover all this, and then something's not right. Ooh. He observed the tribe, like, ripping a guy apart, just with their bare hands yeah and it, and it's like a sacrifice like the guy that gets ripped apart isn't like screaming or anything 
and according to the research that he's done, they will attack anyone that is near their tribe, and so, like, if anyone settles near them, I guess they'll attack, which is giving a conflicted report here because he talks about how they were building a railroad or something and the tribe was stalking the workers and like watching them from the trees and if there's any like consistency there wouldn't they like get attacked right they never get attacked yeah and i have no idea how he would have gotten his hands on like one of their most important religious artifacts ever (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, he never writes about how he acquires it. I kind of assume that they just go in with guns and he just takes it. I mean, but he's... I don't I don't know, because I feel like he would have mentioned that bit, too. Like, he just seems like such a piss baby, because he's like, Oh, I, <laughs> I can't scarce imagine in my darkest nightmares what I saw there. <laughs> anyway, I walked in and I took the mask. It's yeah, like, and now it's in my house. Yeah, yeah, it's in my house. I took it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's a he's a character. Yeah, he's he's hearing something in the house when you go through his like little journal or whatever entries. Yeah, I think they are journal entries. Yeah. Um, he's hearing something. There's something in the house. He is convinced might, about it. You might even say it's the titular scratching. Oh. oh! Now, okay, interestingly, I don't think that any of these journal entries or letters ever mention any scratching, maybe one of them, but people are writing that they're hearing whispers and they're hearing voices. They do talk about that, that is true. Yeah, that's what they're hearing. And then when Michael arrives, he ends up hearing two different things. He hears whispers, and then he also is hearing this, the titular scratches, like you said. Oh. Okay, I guess, I guess I I mix those up. Yeah, because I thought he... I thought... Yeah, yeah, I guess he does only... James only refers to the to the whispers. I thought he re- referred to something in the cellar. I think Christopher is referring to the cellar. So there, we should set up that there's like three oh. characters that you read about in the past. So there's James T. Blackwood, the owner of the mansion, his wife Catherine whom he was accused of murdering, and then their close family friend, Dr. Christopher Milton, who's also somehow involved. And then they have a maid who ended up taking a picture and providing evidence of Blackwood murdering and trying to bury his wife in the yard. Yeah, very convenient that she was an amateur uh, photographer at this yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, I just happened to be around here. That's a camera taking noise, by the way. She just takes a picture of Blackwood killing his wife, or sorry, uh, burying his wife, and then the townspeople are like, "Oh, he did that shit." Yeah. Uh, And then he um, he died, quote unquote. Yeah, there's a report that he died two years, not even two years, like two months later, after his wife's death of like a heart attack. Allegedly. The stress, the stress of the accusations. Yeah, everyone said mean things to him, and it, it was too much. Yeah. Yeah. So there's I've those four in so the past. <laughs> so, so Chris was the one talking about the noises in the basement, the cellar. Yeah, because after James and his wife are dead, Christopher takes over the house, and then he keeps a record of 
hearing things in the basement and then also hearing whispers and thinking like, oh, maybe James was right the whole time. Something's going on. I have to get out of here. And then he was never heard from again and nobody knows what happened to him. Rip. And the maid lives, which is, I feel like kind of surprising for these types of stories where normally it's like the maid was the last one to see this evidence and then she like dies but no she just leaves she's like this place sucks i'm out of here <laughs> yeah yeah everyone's acting weird and also uh <laughs> i saw the husband burying his wife so <laughs> i'm out i'm out bye-bye so you have those four in the past and then in the present we have michael who you're playing as and his real estate agent jerry and his secretary barbara <laughs> and you can call them on the phone yeah i love uh jerry and barbara like they're Me too. Uh, they're, they're a fun little comfort because yeah you while you're uncovering these mysteries and you're going around this creep ass house you can just hop on the phone and i mean sometimes the game will be like you don't have anyone to call right now but a lot of times you're like oh what's up jerry uh things are creepy and <laughs> You also, like, I think they do a good job of explaining Michael's actions, at least when he's on the phone. When he's in front of the typewriter and you just get the text that's like, I'm too excited to type. Um, I have to explore. Adventure awaits. But when he's on the phone, he's like, Jerry, do not fuck this up for me. I'm going to solve this mystery. Do not call the police. Do not call the police. And it's like, okay, well, at least we're acknowledging that, like, Michael sees that a sane person would call the police if he thought someone was in the house with him, but he's going to try to solve the mystery because he's like a weird Stephen King type. Yeah, he wants to do it himself. He even writes, I don't know if you read like all of his journal entries. There's a journal in this too. Oh my god, Uh It's in the inventory. Oh, I don't... Oh, it is! (laughs) Yeah. Because I I remember going through his inventory when I was in the... 35 minute purgatory in the beginning of the game and I just I was like there's got to be answers somewhere and I clicked on his journal and I just got a face full of blank page (laughs) (laughs) and then I never thought of it again (laughs) yeah he writes through the entire game no yeah yeah (laughs) he missed out god damn it it's great he just writes it's just a lot of like I must be insane for doing this <laughs> which he is yeah at least a little bit although I do like um, when you try to do certain actions with items like if you try to use the knife on something that you're not supposed to or the or the lighter or sorry not the lighter the matches he'll go either like I could hurt myself or I'm not a pyromaniac <laughs> yeah. I'm like oh it's fun he's got a little bit of character there it's better than no use for that now yeah, he's really, uh, he's he's a little loopy, but he's really cute. I find him very endearing. Yeah, I, I like Jerry a lot, too. Me too. Till, you know, later. Spoiler alert for Jerry lovers. Should we just rip the band-aid off and say the, say the mystery? Like, so that we can discuss this in its totality, its, its wholeness, what yeah. the story is, and talk about the game. And then we can move on to the more te- technical aspects as well. All right, let's rip it. Rip it. Yep. I'm ready. Are you ripping it or am I ripping it? You rip it. You're the... This This is your moment. All right, here we go. Turns out it might not be a spooky demon mask after all that's causing grief in the house. It could be a child locked up in the basement 
for over a decade. Very sad. A deformed child um, whose name is Robin. And you slowly piece this together over the course of the game. Like you read everyone's journal entries. You find records of different things. You find a secret room that was a baby's room with a birth certificate. You read through old newspapers that report like... James and Catherine Blackwood lost their child at birth, and he died. But turns out, they covered the whole thing up and locked their poor child in the basement because he was born with birth defects, and they didn't want to deal with that. James is convinced that these birth defects were caused by the mask that he brought back from Africa because he thinks it's cursed. In reality, and this is made very clear if you play the DLC, which is like 20 minutes long. I don't really like it because it spells things out so clearly, but there is, in a drawer in the master bedroom, there's bottles of thalidomide. So if you know anything about thalidomide, it was used, yeah, yeah, for like morning sickness and for pregnancy pains. But it, it literally caused, causes birth defects. Yeah, it causes horrible birth defects. So Christopher Milton, their family doctor, was prescribing thalidomide to Catherine during her pregnancy. And then she had a really, really rough pregnancy and really rough birth. And Robin was born with horrible birth defects. And they just wanted to cover it up. And they're a rich family. And they, they didn't want anyone to know that they had had a child who had birth defects. So <laughs> they locked him in the basement. And just left him down there and uh, fed him, like, raw meat and just left him to rot. And uh, eventually, Robin is the one who kills Catherine um, at two years old, which I'm not sure exactly how. He rips her throat open somehow. I'm I'm assuming with his teeth. I don't know how else a two-year-old would kill a full-grown woman could i could i find that in the in the base game or is that a dlc thing that you find out you can infer it so when you read about Catherine's death in the newspaper the report is that the maid saw that her throat had been like ripped open oh yeah yeah which is being buried yeah so then when you when you go down into the there turns out there's a secret lair below the house and that's where the scratches are coming from if you go down there there's a little teddy bear like in the corner and oh, that it's, had been bit a bunch yeah on the it's neck. throat is torn open in the same way oh. um so you can infer that when robin was two he somehow <laughs> ripped his mom's throat open and killed her which is okay. crazy <laughs> it's rough that is rough. It, that is truly insane uh, yeah. I do not think a two-year-old would be able to do that. <laughs> I'm going to show my whole ass here. I didn't even realize that was the kid at the end. Oh, you thought it was like a monster. No, no. I thought that was a grief-stricken and insane James Blackwell that oh. was down there with a keepsake from his son. And he had just, like, taken his studies underground since he didn't want to deal with the above ground anymore. I just thought that was him down there. That's interesting. I think that's a valid interpretation. Because I played the DLC, they, like, spell it out for you. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds Um, like it. Yeah, they do. I'm not not a super fan of the DLC just because I feel like the ambiguous ending is way more impactful. So I think it's cool that you had a different interpretation. And as a bonus, I can tell you about the alternate ending, which I thought for like a split second when you were playing the game and you were yelling about Michael not writing his book, I thought like, oh my God, what if he accidentally gets the alternate ending? Uh, which you didn't do because you followed the walkthrough, which is which is good because I yeah, think it's yeah. better this way. But if you force Michael 
to try writing on the typewriter like every single hour like every free chance you get you try to get his ass on that typewriter at the end of the game when you go down into the lair there won't be a hole in the wall or blood or anything there'll just the be typewriter. a skeleton a <laughs> typewriter <laughs> waiting a for you skeleton? <laughs> yeah there's a skeleton down there with a note and it's like hey it's me james blackwood i killed my wife and i'm sorry and i just can't deal with this anymore so i'm and i killed christopher also i locked him in the crypt alive and uh he's rotting in a coffin and i'm just gonna die down here now so sorry guys what? yeah so you like read That's that note <laughs> That's the ending. The alternate ending is you read that, and then Michael says some shit like, I had tears in my eyes because I realized that I was also insane. And then he leaves, and that's the end. So, that's unhinged. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> to, okay, to, to rewind it a bit, the reason why I thought he was still alive was his tomb was empty, and it seemed like he had left his journal in, like, these different, like, hidden spots, and, like, there's a, there's, like, a crazy compartment under the chapel where you have to, like, put a nail in, like, (laughs) the ankles of the crucifix that's at the front of it, and then there's this crazy-ass, like pulley system thing where the crucifix like drops down from the light <laughs> I think that was probably the scariest moment for me because it looked like it was gonna fall on Michael <laughs> and like you go down there and he's got like these notes about the the mask and some ritual and I was like okay so he's he's just gone underground he's a mole man yeah and the ending that you just described Almost made it sound like he was waiting for you down there, and he just realized it was taking so long, and he just turned into a skeleton. He just died waiting for Michael. <laughs> yeah, just died of old age. Anyway, here's what happened. You're obviously not going to take the time to solve the puzzles. Uh, here you go. You seem busy. <laughs> I think I like that ending better. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, he really did just die. I mean, in my interpretation, you you can interpret it however you want. And I think Michael agrees with you more than he would agree with me, because I don't think he ever really pieces it together. And also, like, he never talks to anybody about it. They talk about this in the DLC also. Michael never speaks to the press about it. He never tells anybody what he found. He won't talk to anyone. And also, Jerry went to jail for (laughs) fraud for four years. And Michael won't talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and it's, and it makes Michael look even worse because he found that there was someone, like either a child or a man, living this horrible life in a basement, <laughs> and he just left and didn't tell anyone. Yeah, Scooby <laughs> Doo like wind up like, rah, 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 rah. like he just gets out of there. <laughs> like, I, when I finished the game, I was like, that's it. Yeah, like he sees the. You know, the person, whoever you interpret it as, but it's probably Robin, now that you've told me all this. Um, <laughs> he sees this this poor person that's been locked in this actual-ass dungeon. Yeah. And then he's just like, get me out of here. And yeah. he hops in his car, roll credits. And he leaves. I think his problem is that he's so content-brained. He's <laughs> like, this is perfect for my new book. I'm never telling anyone because otherwise they'll think I didn't come up with it myself. So I'm leaving this person locked in there. I'm out of here. I'm writing, and I'm going to be a millionaire. I find it hard to believe that he would move very quickly if the end destination was him writing something. <laughs> From what I've seen. <laughs> Screw this. He leaves his typewriter in the house. 
<laughs> Good. So Good. You don't he'll never write again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He hates that thing. Dude, I find it so pretentious when people use a typewriter now. But I guess back then it was more of a necessity. But. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Michael kind of comes out looking bad. So Jerry, like, so what? He just, what exactly did he do? Because when I was playing this, I was pretty determined to just kind of muscle through it. And it kind of just happens where you get an eviction notice and Michael's like, oh, I don't feel like talking to Jerry anymore. <laughs> did he like lie about getting access to this place? Or did he defraud Michael of money? Or what happened? Yeah, he somehow acquired the key to the house and all the information about the house through less than legal means. Because he ends up going to jail for fraud. So some type of fraud, I don't know if it was like the funding side of it was fraud or what, but yeah, he didn't acquire this house legally. So technically Michael doesn't own it. Neither does Jerry, so you get an eviction notice at the end. If you read the letter from Jerry that's in Michael's luggage. He's like, oh, you wouldn't imagine the what I yeah. had to go through to get this house for you. <laughs> I had to yeah. commit crimes for you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Literal, actual, actionable crimes. And oh, what was I going to say? There's, there's a really loose interpretation of the law in this. Because, like, there's the bank account contact number that you can call. Yeah. Where all Michael does is lie about who he is and then say, I'm Dr. So-and-so and I demand some respect. And the person <laughs> on the other end is like, oh, oh sorry, sir. Okay. Uh, here, you can have some information about a different person than yeah. who you're even claiming to be. And then you get a hold of the police officer that handled the the murder of Catherine and they didn't even do an autopsy on her body. No, they didn't even dig up her body. And they just write it yeah. off as like, oh, Blackwood was rich. And so because he was rich, he held us up and we couldn't get access to his property to dig up the body. Even though they had a literal photo yeah. of him burying the body on his property. Like, what's up with UK law in the 70s? <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I don't think it could be that bad. Like, that is literally a photograph of a dead body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it's a little goofy. It's an interesting mix of, like, dread and, like, sadness and paranoia. And then you get, Jerry, I'm freaking out. There's no <laughs> candles in this place. <laughs> and, like, oh, God, that's my favorite line in the whole game. Like, Mine, too. Of, yeah, just, he... Because Jerry's telling Michael, because there's no electricity, like, oh, hey, like, there's got to be a candle in there. And then you look around and Michael calls him out. <laughs> I'm freaking out, Jerry. <laughs> I might put a, I might even put the clip in here. I don't know if we'll get copyright stricken by um, <laughs> yeah. Team Nucleosis. By a, a defunct company. Yeah, it could so, be their way to get back. The way they oh, claw their way back. They empty the NPC treasury and then no! themselves. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. And then when you go in the hole, the secret hidey hole under the chapel, and it's dark, he looks to the right and he's like, out of all things, what do you know? It's a candle. <laughs> and he lights the candle. <laughs> it's great. I love it. I love that the game pokes fun at itself too. 
Yeah, yeah. And he seems so... He likes candelabras. I noticed that throughout it. Like, he'll call everything else in the house a piece of junk. <laughs> yeah. But he will regularly be like, it was full of ornate, eloquent candelabras. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, dude. He loves it. He's so candle-pilled, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wax-maxing candle cell. <laughs> I, I totally wick-mogged somebody the other day. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're losing me now. <laughs> Alright, so now that we have given a comprehensive explanation of the story, the setting, some of the people in the game, can we talk about the graphics? Yes. As a, I'm just gonna say this, as someone who didn't play point-and-click games, really... Like, liter- like, this isn't even me poking fun. I don't think I've played a point-and-click adventure game since that old Rugrats game in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, it was very disorienting sometimes to have to click to move and yeah. then, like, get around. But aside from that and some other... I, I have a few minor complaints, but I do want to preface those by saying that I thought this game was beautiful and atmospheric i thought it was very creepy very cool made me was very effective at making me feel uncomfortable in some Mm -hmm. areas i want to give you a chance to gush about it too before i give some specifics yeah so it's interesting they built their own engine for this game um and it's called it's called scream and i wrote down what it stands for somewhere it's the simple creation engine for adventure makers (laughs) so that they can have the scream acronym yeah it's cute um because if you play like classic point and click games from the 90s like you said it's like you're always on a pretty static screen and you still click to move and you click to investigate things but you can't like turn your head and like look around the environment like you could in a 3d and they wanted to blur the line and kind of do a natural progression from the old point and click games so they created this engine where everything is pre-rendered and all of the screens are just flat 2d images but they wrap them around you 360 degrees so you can look around um on every location that you're in and you still click to move and then when you move, you're in a totally different like space, but you can still look around 360 degrees in that space. And I think the illusion works really well. Like there's some parts where it's like, okay, clearly this is just like a flat picture of a desk and not really a desk. But I think overall, it's pretty good at selling it as a 3D space. And it's interesting because technology's kind of come back around to that in a way in VR. It's like VR, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh, where you click to move you kind of teleport to that spot and then you can look all the way around and they were doing it like in 2d in 2006 which i think is really cool it is like vr in that it's a little i I think it's very immersive i was surprised but like there are some interesting spots where they have like they have it set up where your camera will stop there and i feel like there's no reason for it other than to build suspense like when you're going up and down stairways Mm mm-hmm there, there are spots that you will jump to where it's just you halfway up or down the stairs. And this didn't happen, but I, if it would have, I probably would have, like, freaked the fuck out. I thought that they were going to have, like, people or, like, shadowy figures or whatever, like, 
downstairs while you're heading upstairs that like you would be able to notice but you can still like look down into the living room area as you're ascending the stairs and it just gave for me at least a weird feeling of like if i can look down there that means something else can like see me while i'm moving through this house and i might miss it because yeah. you, because you do have that that 360 like look around like ability just like vr and it made me not want to look around sometimes yeah. where i was like you know i'm about to i'm about to go up this staircase and there's a long creepy hallway and it's midnight i think i'm going to look at the ground as i walk <laughs> through here until i get to the door and then i'm going to click that doorknob and then i'm out of there and i'm <laughs> safe and i'm in a different room yeah i'm so glad it was really effective yeah i yeah. think i think it really works too because you're not sure what the engine can and cannot do and yes. what the game can and cannot use to scare you. So there would be moments, I had that too, where like I'd open a door, and that's the only time the game uses like kind of a, a little cutscene is when you're opening a door, it does like the Resident Evil thing where you yeah. watch the door open. And uh, I would always be so scared to enter the next room because I didn't know what I was going to see, and I didn't know if there was going to be something that could like do something to me and i i didn't know like i don't know the rules it's not like when you're playing like dead space where you're like okay i'm getting jump scared but like i have tools to fight this stuff i know what i can and can't do i understand the movement i know that all the game mechanics where in this game you just never really know if it's gonna throw something new at you or not and i think that's really effective and terrifying Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And they do it once. I think. Oh my god, yeah. And I won't, because I want that to be a surprise for people who are playing, who might, might listen to this and go play Scratches. I was reading the walkthrough, and this was an adorable walkthrough, because they were like, alright, now turn around and go through the door. Eek! And I was <laughs> like, I wonder what that, and I'm looking at my other monitor, and I slowly look over, and I got hit with the the scare, oh. and I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> like, "Oh, it's so scary." Yeah, but yeah, very effective. Another thing I want to comment on is the paintings that are set up throughout the house. There's mm -hmm. a huge number of like I feel I feel bad that I don't know the names of the paintings, but you like anyone listening to this would have seen some of these paintings. Some of them are biblical, like, Renaissance-style paintings. A lot of them, I think, are, like, early 1900s, creepy... I don't know. They're just fucking creepy ones. And there's one... It's the it's the kid with the... And, you know, I'm trying to be nice to this kid, but this is the only description I have for him. It's like a... It's a male child with, like, a big old forehead. And then he's got, like, a creepy doll next to him, and then a bunch of hands up against yeah. the window behind him too that everyone knows that picture yep it sets the tone immediately when you're going through this house like even though it's broad daylight you're like oh this is bad like there <laughs> is something fucked that someone went out of their way to get all these creepy paintings and one put them in the house in world and two put them in this video game <laughs> like the, the messaging is very clear yeah, you're supposed to be unnerved. 
Yeah, that painting's called The Hands Resist Him. So look it up, viewer. It's it's very creepy. Oh, it's it's really cool. Um, they have that on one wall, and then like right on the opposite wall, they have the Goya painting of Saturn devouring his son. Yeah. Which like, why would you have that hang up in your house? Like, I love that painting, but you're gonna scare all your rich, fancy guests if you put that up in your house. It's a good conversation starter. Yeah, it rules. I've seen so many parodies of it at this point. I think it's funny. Like, that actually broke the tension for me, where I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, spooky hand. And then I was oh. like, ah, it's Saturn. Hey. <laughs> He's getting crazy. He's partying a little too hard, I see. <laughs> hey, make sure they don't swap him out for a rock next time, buddy. Okay. <laughs> and then, you know, you know how it all goes. That's more and then for back the 80s to episode. Terror, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it rules. And and it makes sense. I mean, James Blackwood was collecting and stealing all kinds of artifacts, so I feel like it tracks for him to have creepy paintings in his house, too. Why not? Yeah. He's a freak. Can I give a complaint, though? Yes, you can. The outside sections of the game, when you have to navigate, like, where you need to go, at least for me, the paths were, like, super dark. Yeah. And so there's a there's, like, a section where you can either... You're leaving the greenhouse. You can either look at a tree or go back on the path to the house. And the path, I could not for the life of me find. So in the beginning of the game, during my 35-minute purgatory session, I thought that was part of the horror for a second. I was like, I'm stuck in the greenhouse. It's this tree again. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, I just can't see where I'm going. Um, yeah, it's bizarre. I don't know why they do that. When you leave the greenhouse, yeah, it just puts like a bush directly in your face. And you're like, yeah. well, this isn't a path. This is a bush. So then you take the obvious path, but it just loops you back around to some random tree. You're really just supposed to click on the bush and then you can go back to the house. But yeah, I agree. It's super unclear. Yeah, and there's a there's a few like when you go to pick up items, like depending on your brightness settings on your monitor. I don't know if they even have those in the game, but I would I, I would read through the walkthrough and it would be like pick up the screwdriver and this other item, and I'm like, <laughs> well, like I could kind of see the screwdriver. It was a little hard, but you're telling me there was a second item in that dark-ass drawer? And I would just have to click around. I really felt like I was Michael just rummaging around like a little freak uh, (laughs) until I finally got what I was looking for. Yeah, you can turn up the gamma, but, like, it's like a it's a blessing and a curse because then like some of the parts that are supposed to be dark and spooky might be ruined so you really have to watch the little hand icon because if it changes to a grabby hand you you gotta mash the click and pick up whatever's in the dark i will say that the sound design in this i think oh man i feel conflicted because overall i think they did a good job making the game creepy and full of tension But when you get stuck in some spots and you have to listen to the same musical notes over and over again, I actually started to get like a headache on some (laughs) parts. So I was, you know, again, I felt like Michael, I felt like my sanity was was slipping a little bit. Whoa, it's part of the horror. Yeah. (laughs) But overall, I think the the musical score, great. The thunder, awesome. The the sound, the, the music that plays when you go in the cellar for the first time, I think they distilled that, like, skittish feeling you get when you have to run downstairs and then shut the light off and then run back up. (laughs) It's like they turned that into 
pure audio. Because yeah. I was like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. I shouldn't oh, be in the basement. Oh, it's bad. It's so scary. And I, if you go on the soundtrack, um, which is on Spotify, for some reason, if you wanted to listen to a terrifying soundtrack, like while you're on the <laughs> treadmill, that track for the seller is just called "What You've Waited For." Because like you know oh. you're gonna have to go down there, and then you do, and you're like, yep. Mm-hmm, yep, it's so scary. It rules. So shout out to Cellar of Rats. And they only play that track one time. Yeah. And it's only when you go in the basement the very first time. But, like, all the other times you go down there, even though that track is not playing and is silent, like, you keep that residual fear from that first time. Yeah. Which rules. Yeah, I, the, I mean, the, the first time I went down there, I could not get out of there soon enough. I was like, all right, yeah. do what I need to do. I'm gone now. And then, yeah. like you said, that sticks with you. Every other time I had to go down in the cellar, I was dreading it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, please don't come up with some reason for me to go down in the cellar. <laughs> yeah, it rules. It's super scary. I yeah. love the sound design in this game. Even like outside, there's that howling wind, which uh, I love. And the skybox, it has like, the, the clouds are just orange. Yeah, they're evil. It looks like the apocalypse. It looks like how New York has looked with that Canadian, like, smoke and it had the orange sky. Like, something's wrong. Yeah, it really does give off the feeling of wrongness. Although there's one day where the sky is, like, normal, right? Yeah, the day where you dig up the body. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Great weather for it, so. Yeah, I love that. The voice acting, now that you told me that it was like a three-person team, I mean, I, the voice acting makes a little bit more sense to me, because I felt like Michael, Jerry, and what was her name, Barbara? Yeah. Those three, great, but then the people that you call, like the bank person <laughs> and the retired cop, I was like, yeah. wait a second. <laughs> Are you just Jerry or Michael with, like, doing a gruff voice? I mean, I could be wrong, but they at least seemed like they weren't of the same caliber as the other three. I thought the other, the, the main three were very endearing, and I think they were great. But, yeah. um, I don't know, do you have any insight on the voice acting there? Yeah, so when I said the three-person team, I was not counting the voice actors, I was just counting, like, the programmers um, and, like, the writers. So they did actually outsource and get some other people for the voice acting. But I'm not sure if any of them doubled up or not. So you could be onto something there. But I agree that, like, the cop just sounds, like, sleepy. Like, he's tired. Yeah. like (laughs) this bored. This is me. No, this is the cop that I am calling. Yeah. Like, this is me, and then, now I'm a bank teller. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, man, like, come on. (laughs) Because the rest of it's so immersive and and fun. But uh, overall, I think they're good. And the guy playing Jerry, this is a fun fact, you had mentioned to me that Astrid was interested in uh, another point-and-click called The Lost Crown and getting you to play that. Yeah. And the voice actor for Jerry is the guy who wrote... Lost Crown and also a couple other point and clicks called like Dark Falls or something like that and um, okay. the developers of this were big fans and so they asked him to voice act on their project and he was like yeah sure and oh, he does a great job yeah. That yeah so it's cool yeah the cinematic universe it's all <laughs> yo the Jerry multiverse <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think Barbara's the best in terms of voice acting, and also I love her character. And I think it's a shame that you only really can talk to her on the first day. Yeah. It's too bad. She's really fun. Yeah, we love Barbara in this household. Yeah. Hope she gets that raise. Yeah, she better. You can <laughs> yeah. probably take it out of Jerry's wages now that he's, oh, God. Get, he's getting shit canned. He's out. Yep, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Jerry. This is this is a Hail Mary here, but have you ever listened to the Magnus Archives? It's a it's like a horror podcast. No, I don't think so. Okay. The main two characters in that give off like the same dynamic that Michael and Jerry have before Jerry is revealed to be a scumbag. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this feels like oddly familiar. And then I finally pinned it down. I'm like, oh, they remind me of those two. But it's either here nor there. People listening to this, <laughs> go listen to the Magnus Archives. It's really good. I'll go listen to it. I'm going to headcanon that it's Michael and Jerry. It would almost fit, sort of. <laughs> Not really, kind of. <laughs> but good enough. Actually, this this next question ties into that. Do you think anything supernatural was happening at the house? So I'm torn on this. The first time I played it, I was a little bit like salty that they had like a rational explanation for it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of lame. Because you know, when you explain the mystery all the way, it kind of loses some of its like magic, I think. Yeah. So. When I played, like, and you didn't play the DLC, but they really spell it out, and, like, it's confirmed that that's Robin in the basement. Christopher comes back at the end, and is like, Robin, I had to see you one more time. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, I just thought, like, eh. I, I kind of wished that it had been a spooky mask with a spooky cat god, because, like, I think that's cool. That's creepy. That's so fun. where did the voices come from, then, that everyone's hearing? So I guess if you took the totally logical kid locked in the basement theory route, it would just be that, like, James was super paranoid and just lost his mind. And then Christopher ended up having the same thing happen to him. No just, way. Yeah. I, I guess, yeah, that's how you would have to headcanon that. Because, well, okay, at the end of the game, when you're doing the ritual, like, you've found the mask and you've done the weird like powder mixing shit you hear like 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 in that like you are hearing the nefarious laughter of a spirit like there is some evil presence having a fucking knee slapping grand old (laughs) time and and Michael has, like, prophetic vision dreams, like, dreams that are guiding him to answers, and I don't think you can get that from Robin whispering things in the vents. Right. So if you read the journal, if you're a pro gamer and know how to read the journal... (laughs) I'm I'm (laughs) anti-journal. He kind of waves away the dreams, and he's like, oh, because he has a dream that there's a secret door behind a display cabinet in the gallery, and then turns out there is... And he, ha- and he writes in his journal, like, oh, I must have, like, seen the door frame and not really noticed, but, like, my subconscious remembered it, so then I had a dream about it later, even though, like, it oh, looks literally whatever. exactly how it looks. He, like, waves it away, and then even at, like, the very end when you've created the amulet to complete the ritual, he writes in there, like, yeah, I guess I'm doing this ritual. I don't know if I really believe in this story, but, like, oh, well, I'm doing it anyway, I guess. So they try to, and the, the journal was added specifically in the director's cut. It wasn't in the original game. 
So <laughs> they try to make it like, oh, it could just be that Michael like is also happens to be going insane. It's no kind of way. like a shining. It's like shining syndrome. Where you could interpret it as, like, the hotel really is possessed and Jack Nicholson goes crazy because of evil ghosts. Or he was just in solitude for so long that he went nuts. And he did the They're... moon landing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the hotel room. They So they try to do that type of thing. But, like, it is true that Michael's only there for three days. So, like... <laughs> That's a little fast. And half that time he's looking for candles. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would drive me insane if I had to look every inch of a house for candles and yeah. then I was freaking out. Yeah, I mean, I almost cracked in the first half hour of the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let me in! <laughs> yeah, so it's plausible that he was just losing his mind, but I, I think I still like the supernatural stuff um, a little bit more. On replay... I did find the actual, like, real explanation more compelling because I think the game's really well written um, in, like, all the journal entries. Even if it's a little stereotypical, like, ho-ho, I am evil British to steal all your stuff, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I think the way that the characters, like, write to each other um, about their circumstances is compelling, and I really like the way that you piece the story together very slowly. Um, so I, I found that stuff a lot more compelling the second time. And there is something to be said about, like, I don't know, is it weird if, like, the supernatural thing is weird that this evil British guy believed in? Like, is that is that weird? Is that okay? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I... See, I would have liked the supernatural bit to be either ambiguous or, like, oh, yeah, it turns out it's real. But it does feel weird when it's like, I went and I stole this from some savages, and they savagely savaged someone in the street, <laughs> and it's like, okay, dude, I get it. Like, Yeah, like, I don't what? want him to be right, because he's such a shitty guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I get what you're saying, but I do think something, there's no way Michael just, <laughs> ooh, I must have seen the outline, and no, dude, you... <laughs> You either have powers or there's a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, those, yeah. Are, those are the two options. So you figure it out. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to lean that way too. And I think it's more more fun that way if there's something spooky going on. But they do try to play it like, because you'd only hear... Well, yeah, you're right that at the end you hear the voices for real. But up until then you only hear like the knocking and whispering in the dream sequences. And then the scratching you hear in real life so yeah. for a while that they have you going like it could be either or true which is cool so when you propose this game for for an episode of of the podcast you said that you had nightmares about it right? oh yeah what? okay what was the scariest part of this game for you because i'll be honest Aside from the, like, one or two parts that I've already mentioned, and the one I don't want to spoil for the people listening, I wasn't yeah. too, like, <laughs> I, I was on edge, but I was never like, oh my god, I can't believe <laughs> I'm going through this. Like, what, what was the scariest for you? So, I have, like, a fear of, like, home invasion, <laughs> which is, like, totally irrational, because I've never been home invaded. But I have, like, this fear, and I have a fear that, like, I'll walk into a room and someone will just be there. And yeah. they'll be standing there, and they're not supposed to be there. That's what I was That's what I was afraid of with the going up the stairs thing. 
I yeah. was I was terrified that I would be doopa doo walking up the stairs, and because they have that spot where you stop and you can look past the what is it the bannerets or whatever the railing. Or yeah, the, the stairs, banister. Banister. I, I knew there was some fancy word for it. I was <laughs> terrified that I would just see someone there, like just kind of like arms slightly apart, like. <laughs> not quite T-posing, but I was I was terrified of that. I thought that was yeah. going to happen in the game. Sorry, I just had to get that out. That was what I was most afraid of happening in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so I was scared of that, like, the whole time. And I was afraid to go in every room because I'm like, something's going to be happening. Every time I had to go in the kitchen, I was terrified. Just because, like, the cellar door is there. Like, not oh. even going into the cellar, just going into the kitchen terrified me because i'm like i'm gonna walk in there one time and the cellar door is just gonna be open and i like i was convinced of this i'm like it's and nothing else will be scary but the door will just be open and i didn't open it and like i just was so terrified of that and i play this game on stream and normally yeah i played it with stell actually a friend of the show shout out (laughs) we played it because she also loves pointing clicks and normally when i play a game on stream it's not as scary because you have a lot of other distractions you know like you're talking to people the whole time you're talking to yourself it takes you out of it to some extent but like this game it's still like i couldn't do stuff like there would be stretches where i would just like have to sit there and i'm like stell i can't i can't click I'm so scared. Like, <laughs> something is going to be different in the room, and I'm so terrified. I don't know. It got to me. The atmosphere was so intense. And even replaying it just scared me. So I think, yeah, if I had to pick a moment, it would be pretty much, like, all of night two. Is that is when it's raining? Yeah. Is it raining during the night on night two? Uh, I don't remember. It's raining during the day. Night 2 is when you have the really scary part that you are not spoiling. Yeah, and that is the scariest part for me. It's so scary. Oh, it's so scary. I won't spoil it either, but, like, I think I screamed on stream. Is there a clip of it? I think there is. Yeah, there's a clip of it. I'll send it to you later. Yeah, you have to. It's so scary. And the game, it just ratchets up the tension like crazy. And then it does the one-two punch because... They scare you with that, and then immediately, the very next sequence is when you have to go in the cellar. Can I spoil this part? Or should we spoil this part? Oh, uh, go for it. You have to climb into the boiler. Oh, which dude. Is so... Yeah. <gasps> like, what the hell are you doing, Michael? Like, oh, my God. Why are you God. climbing into the boiler? And you, yeah. And every time you click on, like, the furnace or whatever, he's like, oh, it creeps me out. It's very menacing. All right, well... Head first. Yeah, he, he's, he is a wild. He like, it's like when you are possessed by the spirit of shredded cheese at two a.m. and you like have <laughs> to go to the fridge. That's how he gets with the boiler at two a.m. He's like, I have to climb in. I just have to go in. That hole is and meant it's for so me. scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's a Junji Ito reference, not a weird sex pervert reference. By the way, just want to clear that up. I don't know. There's some overlap there. I think. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, so you have to immediately climb into the boiler after you've already been scared out of your mind by the first scariest part of the game. And they drag it out. There's like three interior boiler screens. Yeah, how big uh, is this fucking boiler? It's a massive... I thought it was going to like Narnia or some <laughs> shit eventually. I was like, am I, am I still in this world? Or is Michael going to yeah. fucking flop out and he's going to be in a different planet? <laughs> 
I hated that. I hated it. I hated it. And then they scare you at the end with like a little cutscene, which is the only time you see anything like actually moving. Yeah. Like on screen until the very end of the game. And that also, I screamed. It was so scary. Oh my god. Even though it looks a little jank, it it still got me. (laughs) It looked very (laughs) Like it just glides by. (laughs) Yeah, like like when I got to that and then they rolled credits, I was like, he had nightmares over this. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Well, yeah. And I was like, I was waiting the whole time. I'm like, surely there's gotta be something scarier. Than yeah. what I've seen so far. <laughs> I think it really is just the atmosphere. Like, yes. Even thinking about it now, just the part at the when you when you wake up or like when you're in a dream, um, a couple times this happens where Michael will wake up out of bed and it'll just say at the bottom like something is wrong. Dot dot dot. Yeah. Like that fucks me up. Like that's so scary because that's what it would happen to me. Was I would like have nightmares or I would wake up and I'm just like something is wrong like something's wrong in my house and i don't know what it is and i'm so scared oh did you try walking over to your typewriter (laughs) no i should try that and i should climb into my boiler too (laughs) yeah or or throw a rope outside your window and start fucking rappelling down it to a (laughs) kidney's what the fuck i'm gonna leave that for i'll just leave it at that for the folks at home but michael gets a little crazy um with this exploration yeah Michael's awesome. But yeah, the I, I do want to get to the other questions, but I also wanted to just say that I do think that the atmosphere is way more sinister than the, like, quote-unquote jump scares. Yeah. And there's something, like, sad and scary about a home that is, like, either, like, it's just empty or it's been abandoned... Um, I don't know. Did did you ever go to my? And this is a this is a deep uh, Caden and Jam lore thing. But did I ever invite you over to my uncle's house where there's no one in it? But I no. But I heard all the stories about how it was haunted. Yeah, yeah I mean, like I I still think that maybe it was haunted. But there were also just days where you were in there and you're like, no one's living here. Like, this is just kind of a sad little empty house. And on day one, when you go into the house and you're just, like, looking at the paintings and you're, like, in the kitchen and you're, like, no one's eaten here in forever. And I was, like, man, this is just, like, a on top of it being creepy later on, it would just seem sad to begin with. And I, Mm -hmm. I think they nailed the atmosphere there. Yeah, they set the tone... And there's, like, an opening cutscene that has, like, sad piano music and, like, slowly pans over, like, old photos. I think that sets the tone well for it being, like, a tragic kind of story. Jerry, I'm freaking out! (laughs) (laughs) That's the only time he freaks out. He freaks out over candles and nothing else. Everything else he's like, I'm getting to the bottom of this, but no candles? (laughs) Eh, That's where I draw the line. (laughs) I've held this back as long as I could. The puzzles, Caden. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) What, in your opinion, is the most ridiculous puzzle in this game? Okay, the puzzle that is the meanest is when you have to throw a rock (laughs) at a window (laughs) to get some light in. Yeah, let's go! It is cruel. It's cruel because 
it's logical, but then it's like the devs were like, well, this is too easy. So you're supposed to <laughs> you're supposed to throw this rock at a skylight to let some light in so that you can read like a placard in the crypt. And you're like, okay, this makes sense. You pick up the rock, throw it at the skylight. And then Mike was like, oh, I missed. And the rock vanishes into darkness. <laughs> so you're like, okay, well, I guess, haha, devs, you got me. That was too easy. There must be some other weird solution with some other tools. So Wrong. you try everything else out, unless you're looking at the walkthrough. <laughs> what you're supposed to do is go find the rock that has rolled into a corner and just go back and just throw it again exactly the same way and this time it just works <laughs> uh, for no reason other than michael just sucked on the first throw and it's so mean take the same tool and do the exact same thing what if i told you i had no fucking idea where the rock was I don't know. like <laughs> yeah. you can so easily miss everything in this game yeah i, I love i we've we've entered the We've entered the more critical stage of this episode. It, an hour in, or however long this is going to be. <laughs> Uh-oh. It was all, all rose-tinted glasses earlier, but now <laughs> the gloves are coming off. Yeah, let's rip its throat open now, this like Robin such, does. <laughs> this is such an insane <laughs> puzzle. Do you mind if I yeah. finish the explanation to the puzzle? Just because Go ahead. it's so fucking crazy. <laughs> you, you, you throw the rock again, break the window, you go down to the plaque... Now Michael says, mm, I still can't see it. You're like, all right, what the fuck was that for? Go back to the house, take a screwdriver, unscrew a mirror so that you get the mirror glass from it, and then you combine the mirror with some wire that you got off of the mausoleum that you just broke into, and then obviously you're supposed to take the combined wire mirror and hang it on the candle holder that's on the stairway <laughs> pointing down to the plaque and Caden the plaque just has the letter R on it right? <laughs> yeah. What if I told yeah. you I could see the letter R already <laughs> yeah. without the light on it? You can see it. it's the one part of the game where something's supposed to be dark, it where is it's not. not. <laughs> it's not. I could already see that, Michael. I could already <laughs> see the letter R. I didn't even go through the most insane puzzle I've ever seen. Are all point-and-click games like this? Uh, I wouldn't say all, but I mean it's a it's a trope. This is for There's... crazy people. <laughs> yeah. This is the first one I've ever played in my adult life. And it drove me crazy. The, <laughs> the part where you need to get oil for your oil-powered lamp, and you find cans of oil. And instead of just going, oh, let me take one of these cans of oil that's holding oil and pour it into my oil lamp. Mm, I can't quite make out what fucking brand <laughs> of oil this is. Oh, well, you see, you should take the rag and wipe the can on the left so that you can tell what kind of oil it is. And now you have to take the boring tool and puncture the side of it because you're a fucking barbarian. And you can't just open it. Like, who lives it's like awesome. this? Who lives like this? It's crazy. Yeah, you get an oil can, but he refuses to <laughs> use the oil can, which is full of oil, to fill the lamp. Because <laughs> he needs to save it for some rusty hinges. Oh. So we got to poke a hole in the dirty can. <laughs> It rules. It's, it's so good. 
Oh, it's Might just rules. so crazy. And there was there's like a puzzle where it's like in order to get the safe combination, do you remember those blocks on the <laughs> crown in the baby room? Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't remember the numbers on the blocks. And so, yeah, it's... I don't think a human could get through this game without a walkthrough. I mean, someone had to, right? Yeah, I was looking at old forums, um, which are still up on some sites. And, like, the posts are so cute. Because people are, like, desperately trying to figure <laughs> things out. They're like, okay, guys, I didn't want to have to ask this, but, like, Aww. I've looked over every inch of the mansion for the last three hours, and I really just, I can't figure out what to do. Could someone please give me a hint? And then, like, someone gives them, like, the most cryptic hint, because they don't want to totally spoil <laughs> it. And then they're like, oh, my God, thanks. Can't believe I missed that tiny pixel in the corner. And it's very cute. It's very wholesome. But yeah, without a walkthrough, I mean, I don't. Yeah. In today's world and today's economy, nah, nah. Yeah, you've only got uh, so many days on this earth. Please do not spend nine years <laughs> solving all of these problems unassisted. <laughs> it's impossible. There's one that's really cute. So, like, per, for the point-and-click adventurers out there, it's a trope in these games that if there's a key in a keyhole, like on the other side, <laughs> you're yeah. supposed to put the newspaper under the door, and then you poke the key out, it falls, lands on the newspaper, and then you pull it out and slide it under the door, and then you can get through the room. So they have that in here. And since Stell is such a point-and-click aficionado, she was on it. She was like, yes, I know this puzzle. This is the puzzle. This puzzle's in every game. I'm ready to go. So, like, we did it. And then the key gets stuck under the door because the key's too big. And then Mike was like, whoever thought that dumb trick would work? Damn. <laughs> like, I was like, roast her ass. Get her. It rules. It's so good. It's like an homage to every shitty puzzle game you've ever played, <laughs> ever. But, like, lovingly. Yeah. It's very cute. I'll just say it. I hate puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I hate them. And when you were like, try this point-and-click game, I was like, mm, okay. But <laughs> the atmosphere was so good. The voice acting was so fun. The story was so fun. I still found this to be an enjoyable experience, provided awesome. I had the walkthrough right next to me. Yeah, I wasn't sure how you would feel, so I'm glad. I mean, it's like Hades, right? You play it. You play for the characters and the story. Oh, I love the gameplay of Hades. Oh, damn <laughs> also, it! Yeah, Shit. no, I, I enjoy every aspect of Hades. This was like, Man. this was like I was gritting my teeth, like getting <laughs> through every puzzle. But then after I got through the puzzle and I got to the juicy, like reading the journal bits, I was like, oh, this is awesome. So yeah. now that I've done all the work, I can enjoy <laughs> the the good memories that I have, and I'll let the bad ones fade away. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. So good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm sure I made that sound really appealing for people that haven't <laughs> played this yet. You guys, this game sucks, but like sometimes Michael says a funny line after. Yeah, so. he freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. And, and if you have a walkthrough, it's not that bad. Like. Yeah. Then you can bang it out pretty quickly. I, I'd say I, I took the approach of I would try to get as far as I could without the walkthrough, and then I would turn to it when I was stuck. And I would actually like I solved like two puzzles without the walkthrough, and I was like, hot diggity dog! Look at, <laughs> oh. the, look at the double digit IQ on this guy. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
a bit tough. <laughs> it's a little yeah. difficult. Yeah, it can be. I would say, like, play with a walkthrough, try to do some stuff without it, but, like, the moment you start to feel, like, a little frustrated, just look at the guide, because otherwise you're going to end up, like, not enjoying the game. So, no shame. I used to walk through for parts. Stella and I both got super stuck. We were stuck on the very first puzzle. Yeah, the door. Um, yeah. Not the, well, no, not the door is not a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tough. The yeah. It's a little tricky. We were stuck on the vase with the key in it. Oh my um, god. And that's, that's just down to Michael's stupidity and laziness. Because, like, we knew something was up with this vase. Oh, you did? Like, it's so obvious. Because, like, it's different than the other ones. He has something different to say about it. You can open, like, the blinds right next to it to let light in. Of course. And we were like, we are like, there's something up with this vase. But he refuses to look in the vase Until... unless he finds a photograph in a drawer of a key hanging above this vase. And then he's like, oh, yes. So the key must have fallen into this vase. I now have a reason to do a little bit of work, and I will now look into the vase. He's an asshole. Michael's oh. an asshole. He's doing it yeah. on purpose. He's the worst. I love him, but... Yeah. Oh. If I knew I was in a video game and my actions were being controlled by somebody else, I guess I, too, would be incredibly frustrating and obstinate about everything. <laughs> it's so bitter. Like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I could hurt myself. <laughs> I'm no pyromaniac. Is there a theme to this game or like a message? Because I'll be honest, when I got through it, the ending kind of like hit me out of nowhere. And so in the aftermath, I was like, why did I just go through all that? Aside from (laughs) to talk about it with my good pal. But yeah, do you you have any takeaways from this game? Um, Yeah, don't colonize other countries and steal their stuff, (laughs) or bad things will happen to you. (laughs) That's the message here, and don't uh, take the little mind. Also, it's wrong. (laughs) Don't do that. Um, Please treat people with respect. (laughs) Be cool. Don't be British. That's a big theme. (laughs) I don't think, uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's kind of just like a straightforward kind of story and i think maybe in a meta sense you could take away the theme of like this genre um still exists and can still be very effective at scaring you even though it doesn't have like modern controls or graphics so i think in that way it has a theme but in terms of story i i think it's pretty bare bones and it operates on a lot of tropes of like the author goes crazy in the house you know and there's there's a lot of like homages to stuff yeah i like that meta take though that like the genre still exists because when you (laughs) you you sent me the game or i mean you sent me stuff about the game and (laughs) you told me to like use a walkthrough after i'd started it up i like instinctively or not instinctively but reflexively i typed in scratches 2003 because i was like this game is so old. Like, it looks old, and I know that, mm-hmm. like, the point-and-click genre is old, but it came out in 2006, which isn't a huge leap ahead. But we're only two years removed from Dead Space, the second Dead Space mentioned in the episode, by the way. Yo! <laughs> and I was like, wow, this feels like a relic from another time, but it's still mm-hmm. graphically impressive enough to where it works. 
Like I'm not yeah. being pulled out of it so much. So I don't know if I'm a point and click guy quite just yet, but <laughs> this was a interesting, like dipping my toes in the genre and I, I respect it. I respect that. Yeah. I think this was an effective story, even if it's a little bare bones, like you said. I was impressed. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I'm glad. It's made by people who were very passionate about the genre, even when it was past its prime. And I think you can really feel that, even if you haven't played a lot of point and clicks. A lot of love went into the project, which is great. I love it. It's very cute. They're, uh, the While the company went out of business, they went defunct shortly after... Um, but one of the developers went on to make a new studio called Senscape, and they are working on more games in the genre right now. And it looks pretty cool. They got this one they're making called Asylum. It looks pretty spooky. And they also just announced that they're helping to make that Silent Hill Ascension like interactive show. Oh. So, like, I'm very interested in that. So, like, yeah, one of the guys is, is still working on and is still very passionate about like, the horror genre and point and click. So, it's pretty neat. It's not dead. You guys, it's not dead. It's not dead. It's Scratch really unite. Well. Scratch, yeah. unite. Scratch that great. itch. <laughs> it goes hard. I'm going to get There's that. dozens of us. It's going to be a t shirt. I'm going to make t shirts. <laughs> Legally distinct from. From the official scratch. I'm inviting them to sue me so that they can get the money. I'll just be holding hey. the money for them. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can do it. Um, you know what? You take the money or, or the okay. ideas so that you can get sued. Uh, I think that's a way better idea. Great. You'll, you're like the Michael to my Jerry. I'll commit the fraud. Yeah. And, and I'll <laughs> stumble into a dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what horrors I'll face. Caden, this has been a pleasure. Do you do you have anything to plug? Just the usual. Come on down to Twitch Town and come see my show. <laughs> Why does it sound like I'm doing stand-up? I, I'm not. I've got a special down in Oconomowoc. <laughs> no, come on down to twitch.tv slash Cactus and see me play some spooky games and have some laughs and also uh yeah go go check out scratches if you can acquire it uh by legal means of course yeah and uh then play their new game when it comes out go follow their stuff i'm not sponsored i just think it's it's really cool they're very passionate about this this genre it's neat i need more scratchers come on yeah (laughs) there are presumably dozens of us yeah yeah all right that's that's what i got sweet are you are you prepared to say the line oh i'm so ready (laughs) (laughs) wait do i say it now (laughs) oh are you ready or are you not ready oh i'm ready okay (laughs) npc we just stop laughing during it this is serious npc you later